Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. 1937 was a year of strife and blood-soaked paranoia. Agents of the People's Commissariat for Internal Affairs, the NKVD, hold almost total authority over the common folks acting as protectors and tools of Stalin's delusions. Welcome to Cold Harvest, a Call of Cthulhu scenario set during the great purges of the Soviet state. Join Becca as Katya, Adam as Mikhail, Joaquin as Timur, and Craig as the Keeper of the Arcane Lore, as they embark on a journey to discover what madness befell the small farming commune of Krasivy October 3. If you'd like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy it, comrade. Welcome, everyone. My name is Craig, and today we are going to be playing Cold Harvest. It's a Call of Cthulhu supplement for 7th edition Call of Cthulhu. And joining me today, we have Becca playing Katya. Joaquin playing Timur. And Mitch playing Mikhail. Our story begins in October of 1937 in a small Soviet outpost in a place called Kubishav. And I'm going to apologize right now for any uh, Russian-speaking um, people out there, because we're probably going to butcher everything as we go along. The three of you are gathered together in a meeting room with one other person. You know him as Captain Grigory Pavlovich Agagin. Captain Agagin has been your superior officer for many investigations and missions, and he has called the three of you into the office, and he stands at a desk, and there's a half bottle of vodka on the desk and a picture of Stalin on the wall behind him. Uh, He says uh, to you, Welcome, agents. There has been a village named Sokov Kravinsky, October 3, and we need for you to do investigations. You see, there's been much, much rumors of anti-Soviet activity there, and we cannot stand for this. The party will not stand for this. Also, their production of flax has dropped to an all-time low after being record high just last year. We suspect sabotage and nepotism amongst the villagers. It is your job to go there and investigate what is going on here. And to um, Timur, he slides a couple pieces of paper. Thank you. I can see sabotage by Pyotr Mikhailovich Abramov. We have received a letter from one uh, of the villagers, Galena Smolvinskia, who has, with her own eyes, seen that the Abramovs have been incredibly lazy and possibly anti-Soviet, if you will. Have the Abramovs caused us any problems in the past? That is for you to decide and for you to figure out. Yes, comrade. He Actually, could I bother one of you to uh, read them out loud? Or, sorry, the, the orders in the letter. All right, I'll read. The, for, here's the official letter. Evidence provided by Jelena Petrova Smolenskaya have been entered into the fact as proof of sabotage by Pyotr Mikhailovich Abramov and his family against Sokov Krasinski, October 3. It has been decided under NKVD order number 00447 that the Abramov family, consisting of the following members, 
Piotr Mikhailovich Mikhailovich Amramov, male, age 39, birthplace Kiev, Ukraine, SSR. Dmitry Petrovich Abramov, female, age 37, and Ekaterina Baromna Abramov, male, age 8, are to be deported via rail to labor camp Forkuta for a time no less than one year and no more than three years. The Abramov has been convicted of the following crimes sabotage of state owned equipment, treason, and treason against the state. Officers of the AKBD, accompanied by members of the militia, are ordered to proceed to Sokol Kravinsky October and arrest and detain the Abramovs and transport them to the railway line for pickup on October 18, 1937. He also, um, amongst the letter, amongst the papers, um, provides the um, original letter that was written by Galena and says that uh, the state requires you to make everything right in the next few days. Comrade Beria will be there to inspect the Sokov, and he will remember party members who have made his job a little easier. I expect full reports from all of you. We will do so, comrade. Do you have any questions now? I am good, comrade. I turned to my other two. Do you have anything to say? Yet. No. He then explains that today is the 10th of October, and the train will be arriving on the 13th, which is only a couple days from now. And you know that the village is about 200 kilometers south of your current position, and it would be some journey across the frozen wastes to get there. All right. Will we have transport provided for us, or shall we have to seek it ourselves, comrade? Well, I have requisitioned something for you. It is an older model Gaz AA truck. It should suit your needs quite um, well. You notice um, out the window, there's appears to be a small motor pool with a handful of trucks in there. All Because you've used um, equipment like this in the past, you recognize one. It's a... It looks like you could fit three people up front and maybe ten in the back of like a canvas-covered area. It's painted a... a it's hard to tell if it's like mud or if it's been painted like mud but it seems to um it seems to um embody the current regime's aesthetics as it comes to its vehicles thank you conrad we will make good use of it da see you that you do and see that everything returns in one piece the prisoners should be deported by train when comrade beria arrives uh, however if if you find any other instances of anti-soviet activity Feel free to use your powers, and I'll sign off on the papers later. All right. We will do so. So he then pushes the rest of the pile, which contains your orders, the letter, and the settlement record to you, and bid you to depart with due haste. We will, comrade. All right. Does anyone have any other questions or anything to say to your superior officer before taking off? Nope. Just a proper salute. No. All right, the three of you leave the room and walk down a long hallway while heading out to your vehicle. All right, so scenes on you guys. I always wanted to say that. <laughs> and so quietly, he'll, Timur will just sigh and go, Holy crunching through the wilderness. Okay, all right. So we have to make some haste if it is a long journey, and we only have, only have a little over a week to arrive at our destination before the rail gets there. Quite less than a week, actually. It's the 10th, and the train's going to be there on the 13th. Ah. All and right. our job is to escort... The family members, three of them, to the drill yard to be sent off to the uh, work camp. And that's all that we're doing? We're not... Oh, we're also looking for potential other people who 
might have been in cahoots. Yes. And any other any other signs of anti-Soviet activity or and also um you mentioned that the flax production has been down in the last season, which previously was at record high levels. There's, there's definitely there's, something is going on there. And it seems like anti-Soviet behavior is certainly afoot. Well, we have no time. We have very little time. So quickly, gather your supplies and let's get on the rarity part. Shall we meet back here within an hour and a half? Yes. Make your preparations, then we leave today. Very well. Right, let's go. Okay, does anyone have anything that they want to do before leaving your current position at Kubishav? Yeah, real quick, Timur will go over to visit his wife and son and just be like, yeah, I have to leave for official business for like a week and maybe a little bit more. Oh, do do hurry back. We we worry whenever you go onto these missions of yours, Timur. Do not worry, my dear. It, it will be... There'll be no no worries. It'll just be a quick stopover at some small village, and then right back to, to rob off the uh, anti-Soviet instigators, and then right back home. We will just simply appear, show off our uh, government-issued pistols, and we shall be back before before you even notice we're gone. Your child hugs your leg um, as you as you say this, and then um, your wife kind of looks down at you and says, "Do do be careful there, Tamir. If if, if you lose your position, I don't know how we'll make it." Without that, I will return. You can promise me that. I I've been a good Soviet citizen, and I will continue to do so for many, many years. She she nods, and the scene closes as you are embracing. Okay, Mikhail, what would you like to get up to um, in the ninety minutes you have? Mikhail will just grab his gear and will say, if he can procure it, five bottles of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> it takes some trading and. Owing some favors to some people, but you you could manage to get some. Can you give me a luck roll, please? Sure. Nope. Eighty-two. Well, you do have a half-drank bottle of vodka at your own premises, but it seems that a lot of people, mostly because some of the villages, which are kind of feeders to the area, have been underproducing, they don't really have a whole lot to barter for so your the few rupees that you have or ruples that you have aren't really doing the trick a lot of people seem unwilling to part with much of their food okay then i'll just bring my own vodka with me then and what is katya wanting to do in your time katya is just making sure she has all her gear put together she takes extra time to look over the documents that we've already received and before she goes um, she also makes sure to grab a locket her locket with her mom and her dad and she just kind of gives them both sides a quick kiss closes it up and then puts it inside her jacket basically the camera shows a touching scene as a real daughter of the revolution uh, red army Menen kvd is doing her duty before heading off to another adventure for make better of state the three of you convene a near 90 minutes later in the motor pool in front of your transportation the sky is gray and it's hard to tell from the sun what time of day it is but it's still only late morning you figure it's going to be couple hours at least to get there and you notice that the vehicle which you've been assigned has been pretty poorly taken care of these last few months ah typical yes uh yes we shall make do as proper soviet citizens and i turned which one of you is the best driver 
I have much skills in driving. Very well. You should make sure that our vehicle is capable of taking us all the way to our destination and back. Yes, sir. Um, if you would like to roll me a either drive skill or a mechanical repair to inspect the vehicle, you can do so. To inspect the vehicle first. Well, I have both, but the the drive's a lot better. Okay, you can you could totally uh, use that then. Okay. Oh, I just barely failed. It's barely failed. This sort of thing, this this sort of vehicle condition is quite common around. You look around and notice that many other vehicles are in a similar state. So you've been you've been making do with what you've been given your entire life. So why should this be any different? All right. So the three of you pile into the Gaz AAA. There is enough room for the three of you to fit up front, but if someone elects, they could ride in the back. We're all sitting together for warmth. It's a tight fit up front, but the three of you managed to fit in. You start up the, the truck, and the engine, after a few tries, pumpers the life, and you depart from the motor pool. It's you have a pretty uneventful trip for the first couple hours. Is do you guys want to discuss your mission on the the way down? I suppose yeah, I'll just turn to those and say, yeah, our priority is to make sure the Abramovs are secured, and then determine why the production of flax has been halted. Whether it was just the Abramovs themselves, or it was another family in the area, we shall find out. I cannot help but wonder why there was only one report regarding this behavior. Mm, you are, you know, you are right. Perhaps there is deeper corruption in this in the village than we th- previously thought. That seems most likely. All right, just be prepared to use your revolver if necessary. I shouldn't come to that, but just be ready. As you continue to drive, you notice that it starts to snow just ever so lightly on the road. But as you're going, you pass another uh, village on the way. It's not the village that you are headed towards, but it's called uh, Sokov Levi- Leninsky Two. It's another um, farming community about 90 kilometers south of where you started from. So you're almost halfway there by this point. You drive through the small community and continue on your way to October 3. Maybe a half hour after uh, leaving uh, the Blast Village, um, you notice that the snow has been picked up quite a lot here. And also the roads are not nearly as well maintained as they were the previous part of your journey, whereas they've been kind of like uh, paved over. It's They've kind of turned to like a rough gravel road. And while your your gas AA has, can't handle it, it is becoming a lot more difficult for you to maintain control. Katya. All right. She will do her best to figure out that going fast, but going more or less safe. Mm-hmm. Do you need me to roll? Were you going to slow down in order to, for the conditions? Or I was just wondering if you're going to continue your normal speed in order to make it before dark. Ooh, otherwise we would make it after dark? Yes. Okay. Let's, oh gosh, I'm going to hate saying this. She's going to continue to go forward at the same speed. All right. At this point, I will actually need a drive roll. (laughs) Sounds good. I did succeed. Your truck starts to ascend a big hill, and then you start going down it, and it's quite slippery, but somehow you manage to keep from uh, going off the road. However, like it's kind of bumpy as like this part is really potholed, and you continue on your way. You come around to a, a bridge um, some point later on, and you could tell that the bridge is really old, 
made of stone and you kind of stop before it because it's one of those bridges that looks like you could barely fit the truck through. And it by this point, the snow is fallen quite a bit. But you know from your experience driving that bridges tend to be much more slippery when you have air underneath it. Okay. Taking that moment to see you line the car up just right, Katya will slowly drive over the bridge. All right. Can I get one more drive roll? Yeah, it looks like you managed to just squeeze through and you managed not even to scrape along the sides. However, you're going going through and um, you see in the distance, the village is starting to quickly approach. While you have been doing a good job, it's starting right now to get dark. And in the distance, you see a handful of flickering lights and they slowly start to be um, turning out all but one. Hmm. The village at this point is it's at least 15 kilometers away, but you can, you can kind of see it from your vantage point by this bridge. So it's still light outside, though, is, or has the sun just gone down? It's starting to go down right now, and you reckon you have maybe a half hour before it's completely dark. All right. It is mid-October in the northern hemisphere during the winter, or beginning of the winter, so... Does right. the truck have headlights? It does. Do, Do they, they work? work? <laughs> well, you you turn the lights on, and one of them shines the light. The other does not. not so. That should be good enough, enough. to get us. Yes. Yeah. All right. You, you start to go along, and you gradually approach the village. There is a small approach to the village, um, a small gravel road that leads to it. But other than that, you see you know, maybe less than two dozen small structures and Two larger structures that you assume are a barn are barns. So as you approach the the headlight of the, your truck illuminates a tractor on its side in front of the barn, and the barn's doors are wide open, and livestock are freely wandering into and out of the structure. You also notice that one of the barns has no roof. It looks like it had collapsed. You smell rotting vegetables, and as as you're driving through, you also notice that the flax fields look like they have been planted well and have sprouted. However, snow has fallen on them before they could even be harvested. Mm. I see incompetence around here and definitely looks like something has gone wrong. Very wrong. Mikhail checks his revolver, make sure it's loaded. Yeah, I'll do the same with my pistol. And uh, like, do we see anyone out walking around? The only thing you see walking around right now is the livestock, which seem to be underfed and malnourished and very sickly. In your opinion, they probably won't last the winter. Pity. So much so much material for the Soviet Union gone to waste. I'll get out of the car and well making sure to like go up to like one of the barns just have like have my back to something. So just call out say agents of the NKVD, protect yourselves. Your voice carries off into the wind, and no one answers. You look around, and at this point, it's it's at least after six. It's hard to tell, but the the snow is dropping down on you, and the wind whips up, and you're answered with silence. All right. This, at this point, I'll uh, gesture for the others to follow me, and I'll draw my pistols. Like, be on alert. We might might have some anti-Soviet uh, guerrillas in the area. All right. Katya will grab, pull out her as pistol as well and follow suit and so i'm gonna like gesture like lead them to like the nearest small one of the smaller houses i see and like knock on the door 
Um, are you are you knocking on? So you're, you're looking around. There's a, a lot of small houses, and uh, you notice that there's one of the house, one of the houses that actually appears to have light on. I'll go over to that door, over the one that has light on, and I'll knock on the door. As you approach, like this house, unlike a lot of the uh, others, um, appears to have at least been have a walkway shoveled up to it, whereas a lot of the others, ha- like the snow, is just trampled down a little bit. And you hear a phonograph playing inside, and you can smell the cack- the cackling of a stove fire. I'll knock on the door. NKV the agents, open up. No one answers. Gesture for Mikhail, break it down. Mikhail will try the doorknob. Is the door locked? The door is not locked. Mikhail oh. will open the door. <laughs> you you open the door and you see a small living area. It's clean, it's tidy. The phonograph is playing in the in the corner. You see a fire lit. You see a, a nice table with what appears to be a, a small meager meal on it. And you can hear footsteps above you, someone walking around. I'll gesture for the uh, other two to like you know check out upstairs. All right, uh, Katya will start to head upstairs, slowly creeping along. And um, as she gets to the base of the stairs, she'll call out again, NKVD, please come down. As you're ascending the stairs, almost out of nowhere, used because there's no lights up, up there, there appears to be a small man in his mid-40s holding a bottle of vodka. He has a beard and a scarf around his neck. And he's like, oh, oh, comrades. He seems incredibly surprised to see you and says, oh, um, uh, what were you doing here? I did. I, I failed to uh, hear your beckoning. Please, please, please uh, uh, allow me to um, allow me to. And then he indicates the bottle. Upon seeing this, she scowls at him and puts her gun away. Yes, yes. I, I mean you no harm. Um, I am uh, Boris Gepon. I, I am sort of the um, official here. Um, this this is my village. Um, although, yes, please, please, come down. And he indicates down downstairs into the meagerly lit living area. Do you know why we are here? At, at this point, the the two of you have walked down, and there's two more of you. The two other of you can see this small man with the beard and the kerchief around his neck, holding a bottle. Yeah, as he ascends, he says, "Oh, there, there are more of you. Uh, uh very good. Um, I don't know. Are, are were you here to investigate the murder? What murder? Well, it just it just happened this very morning. But our, our dear uh, Galena was murdered. Hmm." Comrade, no. your papers, please. Oh, right, right. If, if you excuse me but a moment, and he indicates upstairs. I will accompany you. Okay. V- uh, very well. And he makes his way upstairs, come, and he's a bit awkwardly looking backwards when you're following following him, but he leads I'll you to... i my hand on my revolver. Yeah. He leads you to a small room with a small bed on it, and there's like a small... Um, chest in the corner which appears to contain much of his clothing and his meager possessions and he opens it up and starts rifling through it and produces a small small box the size of a cigar box and you can see lots of paperwork in there but he eventually produces his identifications he says i apologize but i, I not very usually ask for identifications in the village you understand of course i do but we are not from the village uh, right you are, comrade. Right you are. Is everything in order? I'll look over the paperwork to make sure. 
How does it look? It identifies him as Boris Androvich Gipon, and it seems that he was appointed to be basically the facilitator um, of this village a couple years ago. The village was established three years ago, and that's all kind of written into his like dossier. Comrade Gepon, tell uh, me yeah, more about this murder. Well, our dear Galeno, uh, she was found uh, dead dead this morning uh, at the edge of the at the edge of the pond uh, north of the road. I'm, I'm sure you passed it when you drove in, yeah? Da. What well, was done I, with her body. Well, uh, her body is her husband has it in. Her husband, Vasily, uh, he has it in their home right now, but I th- I'm pretty sure that then uh, he kind of trails off. Pretty sure that what? Well, I personally think that she was, you know, got drunk and wandered off and maybe drowned, but there's m- much rumors that um, the Abramovs or one of their friends, um, they, they they must have killed her, Vasily say. Please join join us downstairs. He reaches his hand out um, for the paper. I will hold on to this for now. Thank you. He looks disappointed, but nods his head and closes the chest and invites you to walk before him. No, please. After you. Oh, yeah. You are too kind, he says, and slowly descends the stairs. Katya and Timur, after a few moments, you notice that the two other men slowly descending the stairs and they arrive into the living space. Please tell us more about the Abramovs. The Abramovs, they um they were very good members of the party. Um they 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 first here three years ago and they they worked hard on the village. Um however lately um no, none of my subordinates uh, seem to be wanting to work lately. They've been ill, but um I'm sure that explains everything. Ill. Uh da, da comrade, um very sick. I, I I mean there's been allegations of uh laziness, but I, I I do, I do believe that they are very ill. So ill that none of them could tend keep the uh, livestock within the barns or harvest the fields. Well, they they are not the only ones in the village, you know. And he, at that, he kind of looks like, like he kind of winces as he says that. Katya will actually start. He mentions people being ill, and she'll eye him, getting a little bit closer, looking him up and down. How come you don't seem to be ill? Could you actually make me a psychology roll, please? I failed. Well, I'm I'm very strong. I I work hard for party, but all these these villagers they they just I I don't know what what's come over them. It's just they they have their own needs, not not wanting to contribute to party. I I swear, if I had if I had uh, the upstanding citizens that they were three years ago, we'd we'd have once again record productions. I'm I'm sorry though, I I do I'm doing the best I can. And while you did fail the psychology role, he does seem to be genuine uh, with his intentions. I but uh, I have tra- do not worry, comrade. I have training as a doctor. Just. In the morning, we shall just point out the people who say are sick, and I will see, see if I can, what I can do about that. Uh, very, very good. Very, very good, comrade. I, I'm, I'm very happy to have such understanding agents at my, um, my house, yes? What sort of illness do they have? They, they're very sick. I, I'm no doctor, but they... What are their symptoms? Well, I, I, I suppose it happened with... Uh, at first, but he has these, um, and he's indicating that his face. 
I, I don't know, like some corruption and they just, uh, what's it called? A uh, lethargy. Hmm. They, they very, all three of them very much not want to come out and do work. Um, I, I visit them. I, I bring them food, but to no avail. Just you bring them food. He, I try very much in my duties to take care of my fellow members of the party. Your commitment uh, is commendable. And he smiles a little bit when you say that. Now, you mentioned others in the village having this same illness. Who else has it? Uh, well, it's it's not, not quite the same for everyone. I mean, just others acting out. You, you understand? Like, I mean, Vasily, just today, he, he be indicating Galena's husband. He, he very, he very much sad, stricken with him, the death of his wife. But, um, I, that's very understandable, but the work still need to be done. You, you understand? And, what, what? uh, I look around, I see not what, not much work being done. I, I very much agree. Work need to be done. And it's their, their job to do it. And there's the, Yes, Rolves, they they just all all three of them acting very strange as well. Like Maria, she she'd been married for many years to Andre and she and he lowers his head. I'm uh, I'm ashamed to admit it, but it seemed that she is more interested in doing uh, uh carnal things rather than working on fields and plowing and maintaining tractors. Andre, he he just very angry all the time and well our, our, our tractor has been needing some repair. Mm-hmm. You might recall as you drove in that the tractor was flipped over on its side. Yes, the tractor that is currently on its side outside? Uh, yes, that's that's very much the one. Why is it on its side? I, I, and he kind of stutters off. Can you answer the question, comrade? I cannot. I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I... I, I I questioned him about it last week, and all I get is punch in face for my efforts. Mm. Who punched you in the face? Uh, Andre, uh, Andre uh, Yezarov. He, mm. He's he's been very angry lately, and he all all he wants to do is is drink. And you, you see what you see what kind of position I'm in. Hmm. Can you point out his house to us? He says, "Well, I I have map just upstairs. Uh, if you allow me to go go retrieve it, I can point out much easier. Yeah, I will assist you. Oh, ve- very good, very good, comrade. Uh, if you just follow me, and again with my hand on the revolver, I'll go up with him. He ascends the stairs again. This time, not pausing to look over his shoulder, again approaches the chest full of clothing, brings out the smaller box with with some papers, and produces um, a rolled up map. Perhaps you should just bring the whole box downstairs. Yeah, if you insist. He takes the box and begrudgingly takes it downstairs. And the two downstairs, again, see the two men descending the staircase, one of them carrying a small box. He proceeds over to the dining room table and shoves aside his his half-eaten dinner and starts laying the map onto the table. So, yes, please, could you please point out Andre's house? Uh, Yes, Uh, and he he indicates, appears to be one of the ones closest to the pond in the northern end of the village. All right. He, he goes belongs to the Smolskaya's. 
Uh, he indicates one of the more eastern ones. Mm-hmm. And which one do the other moms live in? He indicates one right next to the one you indicated, he indicated earlier. He also points out his um, own house, which is kind of on the edge of town, hmm. kind of further away um, than everything else. If, if there's anything I can assist you with in your um, to speed you along, I, I would very much, um, very much like to do that. Uh, but why, why are you here? I turn to turn to Boris and I say, "We are here because we have received notice of unsoviet-like behavior being committed by the Abramovs, and their accuser was Galena, the dead woman." Yes, yes, I, I. I know she that she wrote a letter, but I didn't think that anyone would uh, take it seriously. I urged her not to send it, but it, it, it seems that uh, it seems that they she did anyways. I I I don't I don't believe that the Abramovs were conducting any anti-Soviet behavior. The village it's just been struggling, and it's not all their fault. We met our we met our quotas in the last year, and he starts to give. Various excuses for why the and yet um, that is and yet that is not what I we have seen outside. We have not seen a protective village. We have seen one dying. He hangs his head a little bit and says, "What? What? What am I to do? the The tractor is broken down. The horses are sick. The weather has been very uncooperative. I'm I'm sure that um, you've seen it in other villages as well, da? Was the so you admit that your village is failing? And um, that you, as administrator, are responsible for this. The three of you can make some psychology rolls now, if you like. Okay. Yes, I made it. I succeeded as well. I did not. Boris Scapon hangs his head, and like he he looks to um to you, Mikhail, pleadingly, and says, "What am I to do?" But the others, Katya and two more, you kind of notice that like uh, he seems partially embarrassed and partially like scared in his reaction. Comrade, if you come clean about any unsoviet behavior you've seen in this village, you will not be not only be not punished, but you will be rewarded for your service to the glorious Soviet Union. Can you make me a persuade roll? No. Oh, I almost fell botched. Didn't quite botch, I think. He says, I, I, I will do what I can. Um, I, I, will, I will do my best to assist you. Good. That is good. Now, now then, um, it's it's getting dark. It's getting late, and most of the village has gone sleep already. Perhaps, uh, perhaps you do same, and we hit first thing in morning. Yeah, that would be the most effective. I, I do, I do agree with you on that. Very good. Um, where where would you be staying then? These accommodations look fine. Don't you don't you agree, comrades? Agreed. We can make it sufficient. He looks horrified <laughs> that. that you're going to be staying in his house, but he looks at you, Tamir, and says, "Oh, of of course, comrade. I I I make special preparations for you. Um, which of you is um how you say in charge? We are all equal, comrade. Do not. Oh oh oh. In that in that case, I I must insist that the 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 lady take out the bed, and the three of us men can uh make accommodations um down here and try to make ourselves comfortable. Is agreeable? Yeah." That that sounds agreeable, comrade. And so as we, as we all get ready for bed, I'll sort of like lean into Mega and said, "Keep watch. I'll take wake me up in the middle of the night. And I'll take watch after that." Very good, comrade. All right. So the four of you now prepare accommodations in the small house, and he is quick to like like shove anything like personal out of the way, and he attempts to sneak bites of his dinner before before you guys get too much settled in. Oh, hello again, folks. 
I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions so that your media could get the attention you deserve. The group is specifically run with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.